Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, it's great to have you here, too. All right, and I think that's how we're going to go this year. Beautiful. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome, welcome back, everybody. Can we give Brian Kelly some love, please? Goodness gracious. It's always college football. It's Friday, August 5th. Thanks for being with us. I'm Greg McElroy. Along with me, as always, is Mark Kubiak. We have a great game plan in store for you today as we're going to dive back into the quarterback. That's right, we heard you thinking that we weren't going to talk about your guy. I told you we'd get there. I told you we had multiple parts, but listening clearly was a challenge for some of our listeners. Goodness gracious. I promise you, we will. If you have a great quarterback, if you believe he's great, we will get to him. We're going to talk about so many guys over the next couple weeks, but we have a good group today that we're going to discuss, and we look forward to discussing more quarterbacks in the future. So if you don't get to your guy, don't yell at us just yet. I promise we will get there. And we're going to listen to Brian Kelly, the aforementioned Brian Kelly, and Kirby Smart, two guys that are in very different places. One guy entering into a situation without a national championship, but in search of one, and the other coming off of his program's first national championship since 1980. Please like, rate, and subscribe wherever it is you get the content, whether that's on ESPN's YouTube channel, if you're on podcast, Apple Podcast. Or if you're listening on Spotify, we really appreciate your interaction and we look forward to continuing to tailor the show to you. But first, let's talk about it. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, without much further ado, let's talk about it. We have a lot of quarterbacks that we need to discuss. We did it a couple days ago. It was great. Y'all loved it. We loved it. We also had some interaction because we didn't get to your quarterback. The good news is... There's plenty more out there. That's why we have to do this in multiple different parts. I love the quarterback play that we're getting across the country, so we need to take a couple minutes for every quarterback that we feel like deserves time to be spent on them. Yeah, you can hear about Bryce Young. You can hear about Caleb Williams. You can hear about C.J. Stroud anywhere. So we're going to go through some of the top quarterbacks returning in college football that aren't named Bryce, C.J., and Caleb. Like I said, you know where to find those conversations, and we'll have those here too. But I want to highlight some of the guys that are playing at a really high level that aren't being talked about across the country. So that's exactly what this is for. We did part one a couple days ago. Revisit it. You can check it out on Spotify. You can check it out on Apple Podcasts. You can check it out on YouTube. But now is part two. 
And this is not in any particular order. It's just the way we decided to break it all up. So let's dive in. The first quarterback that I want to address today is a guy that has burst onto the scene the last couple of years and has been a big reason why this program has found its way to the top of the group of five. They might even be, you can make a case, the best group of five team in college football here in 2022. I think Houston might take that top banner, but Coastal Carolina is not to be slept on. Grayson McCall is a big reason why. Not only did he decide to return, some people thought he might be a first-round pick. I don't know if I would go that far as to say a first-round pick, but live arm, athletic, tough as nails, a guy that the culture has kind of been built around, so he checks the boxes for me. You couple that with the fact that last year he led the FBS in passer efficiency, which I didn't know. I, I didn't realize that. They had him at 207.7 as far as pass efficiency is concerned, which is pretty dang impressive. Over the last couple of years, he's 20-2 and two as a starting quarterback with 54 touchdowns to go against just six interceptions. I would say that's taking care of the football and being smart with the football while letting your receivers make plays. He also, I mean, he stretches the field too. If you watch Grayson McCall, it's not like it's a bunch of dink and dunk. Sure, that offense is unique. It has some triple option principles, and big reason why it goes is because he makes great decisions with the football. It's not your bona fide veer, ride the mesh type of triple option. It's the triple option where you have three options basically on every single play, and he is charged with having to make the correct decision, snap in and snap out. He's definitely, I think, one of the best group of five quarterbacks coming back in America. Jaron Hall at BYU might have something to say about that, but we can have a discussion about that a little bit later on. Either way, Grayson McCall is terrific. He is certainly a quarterback to watch here in 2022. Kind of get in the SEC now. Why not? A couple of guys that are really starting to ride the hype train. Will Levis. Let's start with him at Kentucky. We know he looks the part. He's big. He's physical. He's athletic. And NFL teams are salivating over his potential. Why? Because he resembles Josh Allen <laughs> as far as him being able to run around, him being able to create, him being able to drive the ball into tight windows and push the ball downfield with a lot of natural strength. Now, when you look at what Will Levis has made headlines for, it's for all the wrong reasons. You need to focus on the game, not the fact that he eats bananas with the peel. All right. Focus on how he plays and how he fits into that offense. That's an offense that is run first, without question. You know it's going to be a two-horse approach at running back. They're going to try to establish the line of scrimmage. They're going to try to get off tackle. But Will Levis has done a pretty dang good job of being able to mix in his own athleticism within this offense. What I want to see from him in this next step, I just want to see him play better against quality teams. Just three ranked teams last season. Granted, one of those is Georgia. So you know, take this with a slight grain of salt. And the three teams he played last year that were ranked, he had four touchdowns against just three interceptions. That's just not good enough. Like if you are going to be one of the best quarterbacks in America, and a lot of people think Will Levis has a chance to make that stride, you got to play your best against the best competition. That's right. That's the next step for Will Levis. We know he has the natural ability. We know he has the God-given gifts. But now, can he elevate his play alongside that of some of the players that have done so in the past that have pulled off remarkable upsets for Kentucky and other teams that might be considered an underdog against some of those top-ranked teams, Georgia being the best example of that. So we'll see exactly how he handles it. I think he'll take a big big leap this year. Granted, last year was only the first year as a full-time starter. So I expect him to be better in year two like so many quarterbacks are. Speaking of being better in year number two, let's go next just a little bit south. Let's head to Knoxville. Hendon Hooker, 
difficult to replicate statistically the success he had last year. 31-3, and threw for nearly 3,000 yards, didn't even start every game. But that offense took flight when Hendon Hooker was thrust into the lineup against Pitt after their starting quarterback went down with an injury. Had an ankle injury. Next thing you know, Hendon Hooker runs out. And my goodness, did this team really rally around this young man. He's got great athleticism. You know he can run. But what was most impressive last year is Joe Milton was a starter the first couple of games. My goodness, how many long foul balls were there? He was constantly throwing them over receivers' heads. And most of the time, it wasn't even by five, six, seven yards. It was like 10, 12, 15 yards when he was overthrowing these wide receivers. Insert Hendon Hooker into the lineup. They started to connect on at least two of those throws a game that Milton was missing. And that often, knowing that it's the deep ball, that often resulted in 14 points. If Hendon Hooker can continue to excel down the field while also making great decisions in the pre-snap, this offense has a chance with the pieces that they've added on the perimeter with Brew McCoy now being out there. You know you got Hyatt out there. You know you got Tillman out there, who's one of the best receivers in America coming back this year. This offense could be legitimately unstoppable. We've already talked about what Tennessee has to do better. That's run the football. Passing game, I'm not concerned about it partly because I like Hendon Hooker so much. Expect him to have a huge leap this year. Remember last year, man, he was in the quarterback competition. At one point, he was number three in what was a three-way quarterback derby. Well, when he was given his shot, he made the most of it. Now he's not looking over his shoulder. He's purely looking ahead. And you can expect him to take the next step as a starting quarterback and as a leader here in year number two. Let's go next to a guy that is very close. We already did Kentucky. We did Tennessee. Let's do Louisville. They're basically all right there in the same little triangle. So let's talk about Malik Cunningham. This is a young man. The sky is the limit. We already know what he can do with his legs. We already know the type of arm talent that he possesses. He feels like he can throw the ball a country mile. My goodness, the guy has gifts. What I want to see from him, I just want him to be just the tiniest bit more willing to throw the ball underneath, to be more precise and to not miss the layups. There are a lot of opportunities that he's going to have because of how scared defensive coordinators are about him in the run game and him creating on his own. People are scared to death of Malik Cunningham. Understandably so. The guy can take over the game at any moment. So people try to keep him bottled up. He now has to learn how to win while being bottled up. I think he will. He's got a great offensive coordinator in Lance Taylor coming down from Notre Dame. Guy that has a great understanding, has been at Stanford, has been at Notre Dame, has been at other places, been at Alabama. He is going to, I think, bring out the most in Malik Cunningham. I'm very excited about what this young man can do. Last year, he had 20 rushing touchdowns against 19 passing touchdowns. I want to see those numbers flip. I want to see his rushing numbers go down and his passing numbers go up. And they might very well do that. This is a young man that has a lot of of upside. Now, I just want to see him make the simple plays look simple. We know he can make the spectacular plays look look easy. We get that. But now, can you do the little things throughout the course of the game to take the next step as a more predictable passer from the pocket? Look, if guys are trying to keep you in check right there in the pocket, carve them up, man. That was the step that Lamar Jackson took from year two to year three. I think that's the step that Malik Cunningham could potentially make this year from year three, I believe, to year four. The guy feels like he's been there forever. <laughs> it's been so impressive to watch. I can't wait to see that young man blossom this year. I think Louisville has a bounce-back season.
Let's go up just a little bit more to the Northeast and visit the Big Ten for a hot second. Talia Tungabaloa. Now, Talia Tungabaloa last year with Maryland did a lot of things that were very, very impressive. And I think when you look at the stats, 26 touchdowns against 11 interceptions, did have the two rushing touchdowns. It's a pretty good start for a young man that was starting for the very first time in big-time football. We saw him play a little bit at Alabama, but it was sporadically. It wasn't a whole lot. So now he is given the job. He's won the job. He's coming back as the unquestioned starter. And everyone wants to point out the interceptions. There were, I mean, very few instances in which he was really kind of taking a lot of risk. One particular game, one particular half. You know what half it is. I don't want to talk about it. Let's burn the tape. We're not going to discuss it. He made a lot of bad decisions. And I think because of that performance, you get a bit of a bad rap. I don't think that's fair. When you look at what he does, he needs to definitely get a little bit cleaner in the pocket. He needs to clean up his footwork a little bit. I think he needs to be more willing to check the ball down. The guy's a gunslinger, and I admire that. But let's also acknowledge, man, don't always have to drive the ball 20 yards downfield to be able to create a create a, a successful play. He's got good pieces around him. He's got c- good personnel around him, great athletes around him. Just dump it to one of those guys in the flats and see him work with it. I think Talia is poised to take a really significant step towards the top of the Big Ten. Now, is he going to challenge for the likes of the top quarterback in the league? Probably not. But I think without question, he'd be a top five quarterback in the Big Ten. I think he'd be a top three quarterback in the Big Ten if he can avoid the catastrophic mistake and not have those turnovers and bunches like he had at that one point last year. You take away that half of football, the number and the stat line looks pretty dang good. So I don't want to focus too much on that, but those halves, when you're a top-tier, super elite quarterback, those halves can't happen. And I think if he can eliminate some of that, he'll be in great shape to take a huge leap forward here in 2022. Uh, it's keeping him the Big Ten, a guy that surprised everyone last year, in Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell of Purdue. Did anybody see this coming? Because Jeff Brom would tell you he didn't see it coming. <laughs> maybe Aiden's parents, maybe Aiden himself, but I'm not sure anybody could have anticipated him having the season that he had last year at the start of the season, even the second game of the season, maybe the third game of the season. But when he finally got his chance to take over, he left no doubt. This young man did such a great job of being able to throw receivers open, being able to trust his wide receivers, having a great understanding of where to go with the football, being very savvy in Purdue's screen game, which I know most people will say, well, it's such an easy throw. I mean, just throw it five yards. Yeah, but sometimes you have to negotiate a defender. You got to throw it around a defensive end. You got to throw it around a blitzing linebacker. And he did a great job of that. If you look at the upset performance against Iowa, I mean, he was one of the hottest quarterbacks in America the last five games of the year. He averaged in the last five games 430-plus passing yards per game, which included victories against Michigan State, obviously one of the great teams in college football last year, and Tennessee. At that point, Tennessee was playing as well as anybody. So to be able to pull that off with very little threat of a run game is pretty dang impressive. He was a one-man show, and he was a big reason why Purdue had the season that they had last year and why people have high hopes for them potentially making a charge again this year. Now, I do think they have to figure out a way to mix in the run because at some point, Aiden O'Connell, he can't do it all himself, and they have to replace a couple pieces on the outside. But this young man last year did a great job and needs to be acknowledged for what he did for that program and getting them going in the right direction. Scott West and talk about another guy that's been in the league for – Gosh, it feels like forever. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, DTR <laughs> at UCLA. 
This young man last year, I thought, did a lot of good things. Did take some strides in the passing game. Still haven't taken the strides that you anticipated. We actually talked about a guy that was at one point committed to UCLA earlier this week. That was Dylan Gabriel. He, of course, ended up at Oklahoma. But ultimately, Dylan Gabriel was going to UCLA to challenge DTR to, I think, light a fire under him to make sure that he'd become a little bit more well-rounded player. Feels like he's been there for a really long time. But last year, he actually had his best season as a thrower. He averaged over eight and a half yards per pass attempt. It's a pretty good starting point. When in the past, it wasn't quite as good as that. But really last year, I mean, it felt like there were things moving in the right direction. The problem that I have with DTR is that against quality competition, not that dissimilar to Will Levis, he's just three and seven in his career. That's a little bit unfair because the UCLA spot that he stepped into It was a mess. It was a dumpster fire, and he had to kind of ride the wave. And now it feels like they're coming out the other side. And a lot of people think that they are a dark horse in the Pac-12. If it's not Oregon, if it's not Utah, if it's not USC, who else could it possibly be? I like Oregon State. Sure. I like Washington to be better, but to challenge in the Pac-12, I have a difficult time anticipating that. I think it's UCLA. Their toughness, their physicality, the way they can create looks in the run game that make it difficult on opposing defenses. I think UCLA has got a chance to make a lot of noise. And if DTR, Durian Thompson Robinson, I hate calling him DTR, I know, but it's just so much easier to say. And if Durian Thompson Robinson can take the next step as a passer, look out, man. Now they have to replace a key tight end. They have to replace a couple pieces on the outside, but you got a great running back in Charbonnet. You got some decent athleticism on the perimeter. And you know that Chip Kelly is going to do an amazing job of creating challenges for the defense based on the look alone, the run look alone. One side might be one run play. One side might be another run play. And it's almost impossible to defend. I think he's as creative as it gets when it comes to the run game. So uh, very bullish on UCLA and very hopeful that Dorian Thompson-Robin can take, can take the next step to take this offense to new heights so they're not as one-dimensional here in 2022. And then finally, there's only one quarterback in college football right now that is a starting quarterback of a national championship team. That would be Stetson Bennett. I think he's the most underappreciated quarterback in America. We always talk about it. When you're a quarterback at a big program, you often get way too much of the credit and you get way too much of the blame. Well, unfortunately for Stetson, I don't feel like he gets any of the credit. I love this young man. And I've had to spend multiple nights talking to Georgia Bulldogs about, man, when is Carson Beck going to be the guy? When's Brock Vandergriff going to be the guy? Y'all, Stetson Bennett is the guy. Just watch him. He's not going to wow you with his arm strength. He's not going to wow you with his ability to make off-platform throws and things like that. That's just not who he is. But as a flat-out gamer... This dude can get it done. I remember talking to Kirby Smart last year. We called their game against Missouri. And I was kind of asking him the same question that every Georgia fan was asking him. Hey, why Stetson? What is it about Stetson that makes him the right guy for y'all? He said, dude, I don't know if you knew this, but he has more 20-yard runs than anyone on our team combined. This was in like week five. And I never really thought about it that way. Sure enough, I went back, looked at the numbers, And Stetson, at that point of the season, was their most explosive runner. That's a crazy thing to think about. But every single game, there's a third and five, third and seven, second and nine, that he seems to get free, makes a guy miss, falls forward to extend the drive. 
he always seems to keep you honest. Now, if it becomes a pass first situation, if it becomes a situation where you got to air it out down the field, is he going to be able to go toe to toe against the likes of CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, some of the others, Caleb Williams, some of the others with unbelievable God-given gifts? I don't know. But all I know is he's got a great supporting cast. He's a great leader. He works his tail off. He's endeared himself to that entire locker room. And in light of significant adversity on the biggest possible stage, trying to deliver for his home state team, the Georgia Bulldogs, in the fourth quarter of a national championship game. No one's won it for Georgia in the last 42 years, and they've had some great quarterbacks that have come along the way. He delivered. I love Stetson Bennett. I think he's the second best quarterback in the SEC. I know you at Tennessee are going to freak out when I say that. I know people at Florida will freak out when I say that. I know some people might think I'm absolutely nuts in Kentucky for saying that. Even Arkansas fans probably can make a case for their guy. KJ Jefferson is one of the top quarterbacks in the SEC. Will Rogers at Mississippi State. All those guys are great. But if I can't have Bryce Young right now, give me Stetson Bennett. Don't forget last year in total QBR, he was number three in college football. Number one was CJ Stroud. Number two was Bryce Young. Stetson Bennett was number three. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Right now, there are press conferences going on all throughout the country discussing various situations in college football. However, there's one in particular that really stands out to us as a guy that's got to figure an awful lot out, it's the Georgia Bulldog. So there's no way to really build for it other than to do it, and that's the stage we're in, and we're really focused on getting better. You know, we got a lot of good players to replace, and um, we got a lot of good players to replace them with. So it's about getting the right guys on the bus and getting the guys in the right seats, just like it is every year. But I'm excited to uh, get out there and get to work with them. All right, McElroy, you've been in this situation, defending national champ, coming to camp the next year. What is that camp going to be like for the dogs in the next couple of weeks? 
Well, the tough thing that that I remember vividly about the 2010 training camp is that while we brought back some experienced pieces, we had some really good players, we had some really talented young guys. I think a lot of people feel like winning is a continuum. Winning just happens because you put that jersey on and you're a five-star player, but they don't often necessarily understand what you have to do in order to win. And I remember that being the biggest challenge for us as we were kind of assessing where we were is that we had great young talent, freshmen and sophomores, so many different pivotal spots that could play at an insanely high level, but they also could play at a really, really subpar level because they just weren't totally dialed in 100% of the time. I think it's definitely a challenge. Look, when you have the target on your chest, everyone's gunning for you. Everyone wants to bring it down. That goes without saying. I'm not I'm not moving any mountains by explaining that to you. But what I am going to tell you that's very difficult is that I think young guys take for granted how hard it is to win. And I also think, too, to a certain extent, veteran guys do, too. I'm not going to sit here and say the veteran guys don't. But young guys really take it for granted because they haven't experienced the pain of disappointment. Sure, Georgia last year, they lost in the SEC championship game. They bounced back, played beautifully against Michigan, played great against Bama in the Natty. But did they really suffer any disappointment after losing the SEC championship game? Sure, maybe a little, but not enough to the point in which it completely changed how it is your season is going to be perceived because they ultimately had the opportunity down the road to seek revenge. So I think the biggest thing is just getting the young guys to understand what it takes to do what it uh, what you have to do every single day when people aren't watching, what you have to do extra, what you have to do to make sure that you play at a high level all the time as opposed to just some of the time, which is something that I think a lot of young players have to deal with. All right. All right, now down to Baton Rouge, where Brian Kelly takes over in year number one with high expectations. Look, his roster is not depleted whatsoever. They do have a few things they need to iron out. Who's their quarterback going to be? What's their rotation going to look like on the defensive front? What's the rotation going to look like there in the secondary? Who's going to do what for LSU this year? They have a lot to iron out throughout fall camp, but here's Brian Kelly on his first fall in Baton Rouge. I think they're all anxious to prove what they can do. They, they, they want that opportunity. So, um, you know, they've prepared really hard, all of them. Uh, they're all in great shape. Um, you know, their mental preparation, you can see it's, it's so, f- you know, further along than it was now that they know the playbook. Uh, so I think they're all anxious to get out there and, you know, have the opportunities to showcase what they can do. All right, Mac, right? You're also familiar with this. You were there when Coach Saban got there. So what's it like for LSU players coming in and having a new coach kind of take over the program in the first fall camp? Well, I remember vividly, the the first thing we felt was a sense of responsibility. The last coach was gone. Like none of us looked around and said, well, you know, Mike Shula led us down the wrong path. And that's why we have this change. No, I think a lot of us looked at it and said, well, the guy that recruited us, the guy that sat in our living room, he's gone now because of what we did. We didn't play well enough. We didn't execute well enough. So, hey, we better not let this next guy down because that would really, really be a poor reflection on what we are as a team and what our program's like. So I remember there being collective buy-in there in year one that was pretty dang good for a while. And then as soon as the going got tough and as soon as we started to find some adversity, there were some people that started pulling in different directions. Now, 
Brian Kelly's done a really good job at all of his previous destinations, whether it be Central Michigan, whether it be Cincinnati, whether it be Notre Dame, or whether it was in the FCS levels several million years ago, however long it was ago. But I really believe like this LSU team is not that far away. Now, do they have some things to iron out? Yes, we just talked about it. They got to figure out who their quarterback's going to be. They got to figure out their back end rotation defensively. They got to figure out beyond boot, uh, booty at wide receiver, who else is going to be in the mix there? What's the pecking order going to be at that position? Can they get things going along the offensive line? Can they be better running the football? Because it's an LSU team that looked unrecognizable the last couple of years when they tried to establish the line of scrimmage offensively. So there's a lot that they need to iron out. But I remember when you get a new coach, everything is wiped clean. And that might be a good thing if you're a player that underachieved. And it might be a bad thing if you're a player that overachieved because none of your previous good play is going to be acknowledged by the coaching staff. Everybody getting a clean slate means that everybody now is starting at the exact same spot. Now, they started to establish some of the pecking order in the spring, probably evolved a little bit over the summer. But now in fall camp, there's no more messing around. The urgency is at an all-time high, knowing that week one, you're playing Florida State, and that's a pretty dang good opponent. So I think this is a great opportunity for young players. You get an excellent coach where there will be no stone left unturned. Brian Kelly prides himself on the details. And if you don't take care of business every day at practice, you will not play. So the level of accountability I think is ramped up significantly for LSU this year. That's no disrespect to the previous staff. It's just things went a little sideways after the 2019 championship run. So I think it's a great thing for LSU. And there's a team with a lot of talent. Do not deny yourself. LSU can play and beat anybody in college football this year. But they can also lose to teams they shouldn't lose to. That's been the problem for LSU the last couple of years. And I think with Brian Kelly, that's going to be the biggest thing here in year number one. Don't lose the games you're supposed to win. If he does that, they should have a pretty dang good season that could be lying in the weeds here in 2022. All right, that'll do it for us here on August 5th, the Friday edition of Always College Football. Please like, rate, and subscribe, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or if you're here with us on the ESPN YouTube channel. We really appreciate it. The interaction with you guys has helped make us a whole lot better. We're 20 episodes in. We're just getting started. Fall camp is underway. We'll continue to dive into position battles. We'll continue to dive in to the storylines that are coming out of fall camp each and every day. That's why we're here with you every single day. So we're grateful for you. We appreciate you. And our interaction is paramount for us to continue to succeed moving forward. Hit us up in our email at alwayscollegefootball at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on social media, on Instagram and Twitter at alwayscfb. For all of us at Always College Football, for Mark Kubiak, I'm Greg McElroy. We hope you have a wonderful weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday. And remember, it's always college football. Hey, guys, it's Greg McElroy. Thanks for watching Always College Football. Make sure you like, rate, and subscribe to ESPN's YouTube channel and wherever you listen to your podcasts.